Coming up this week on Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, Tesla shocks the world, pardon the phrasing, by making an offer to buy Solar City. Your Model 3 pre-order gift from Elon Musk is finally in the mail. Model 3 gets spotted in the wild again and more. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Ride the Lightning. It's the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast. My name is Ryan McCaffrey. It's episode number 47 for June 20, what, 6th, 2016. And there is so much to get to this week. A huge, huge week of Tesla news. I don't even know where to begin, so I'm going to throw a dart at the wall as uh, Maggie the Boxer whines <laughs> that, uh, that I'm not... Uh, what am I not doing, Mags? I don't know. You've got everything you need. Uh, let's start with Solar City. Tesla has made an offer to buy Solar City. Yes, Elon Musk got down on bended knee and proposed to Elon Musk <laughs> in a manner, sort of. But uh, they have to ask mom and dad's permission first. That in this strange, silly scenario, I'm a uh, metaphor I'm creating here, that would be the stockholders. It is pending approval. Now, if approved, it would be an all-stock transaction amounting to approximately $2.9 billion. This proposal, according to Tesla, represents a value of $26.50 to $28.50 per share, or a premium of approximately 21 to 30% over the closing price of SolarCity shares on the day of the proposal, which was Tuesday. Here is Elon Musk explaining why he wants to do this. There's, there's kind of three parts to, and as I said at the, at the actually Powerwall presentation last year, so um, just as part of why I think this is really uh, quite, quite an obviously correct move, is that in order to solve the sustainable energy question, we need a sustainable energy production, um, which is going to come... Um, primarily in the form of solar, uh, overwhelmingly in the form of solar, in my view. Um, then with combine that with uh, stationary storage um, and an electric vehicle, and you have a complete solution to a sustainable energy future. And those are the three parts that are, that are needed. Um, and uh, and that's, those are the three things that I think Tesla should be providing. Um, and it just became increasingly obvious that as we're developing the power wall and uh, new versions of the power wall, particularly um, as we integrate um, more of the inverter electronics and the intelligence in the power wall, um, it, it really uh, you really need to take the solar panels and the solar system into account when doing that. Um, otherwise, you duplicate a lot of hardware that doesn't work together as well. It's more expensive. Um, the uh, installation cost is substantially higher since you've got to put the solar power wall, the solar solar panels. If you've got an electric car, you've got to install the um, the wall connector and, and home charging system. Um, there's potentially three three visits. Um, there's um, at least two visits, and then in terms of the, the sales process itself, um, when we're selling somebody the power wall. Um, very often, if not almost always, uh, they're curious about solar and want to do the same thing. So then 
uh, not being able to sell them solar directly at Solar City, uh, oh, sorry, at, at Tesla through our stores is, is pretty inefficient. Um, but you know, as you look ahead to, say, Model 3 at a $35,000 car, well, that same person uh, in that same, at the same moment, uh, we could sell them roughly an equivalent amount value of solar panels and, and a power wall, um, effectively doubling or almost doubling the sale uh, at that time. So Elon calls it obvious. Wall Street absolutely hates this deal, and the Tesla stock, I don't know if tanked is too strong of a word, but it got hit pretty hard. It dropped about $20, or roughly 9% or so, in the uh, day after the announcement. Now, here's the thing about, about Wall Street. You know, normally... I'm, uh, you know, I'm very obviously pro-Tesla, big believer in Elon, but I don't entirely blame Wall Street on this one. From an investor's perspective, outside of one quarter ever, Tesla's never been profitable. They're on a path to do so. They've outlined that, although the increase, the massive increase in production plans, we don't know how that's going to affect that profitability plan. But as of now, obviously, the company has essentially never been profitable. And that is what investors care about. Of course, they don't care about anything else. Am I as negative on it as they are? No. But again, I'm very much a Tesla guy. I mean, I'm doing a Tesla podcast for crying out loud. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a person that's generally going to lean in Tesla's direction or give them the benefit of the doubt, provided they keep earning it, which for me, they have continued to do so in their, in their existence so far. Now, just if you take away money, just on sheer principle, this is an awesome deal. Elon, uh, who, by the way, already owns 22% of SolarCity and has a seat on the board, would transform Tesla into a true sustainable energy company, basically in one fell swoop. I mean, I say it almost every week because Elon and Tesla say it almost every week that, remember, the number, just say it with me in your car, wherever you're listening, the number one goal of Tesla is to accelerate the world's transition to sustainable transport. <laughs> and, uh, and bringing Solar City under the Tesla roof would go a long and, and meaningful way to arm Tesla to do just that. You know, a chef like Elon, remember, remember the episode I did about Tim Urban's fantastic chefs versus cooks post on, uh, on his site, waitbutwhy.com, I talked about a few months ago. The chef, Elon Musk, could really push Solar City forward. You know, it, it, for instance, pushing the, the solar technology forward. Elon's a brilliant guy. Uh, he could do a lot for the technology. I mean, I personally, I've called Solar City before, and they were the first one I picked up the phone for because, specifically because of the Elon Musk connection. And I inquired about solar panels for my home. But uh, while I'm very, very fortunate to have a home, it's an old San Francisco home, and I don't have the square footage on my roof to install a sufficient number of panels to power the house. So I personally, I know I'm far from the, I'm probably a minority here uh, in, in the solar situation, but you know, I either need solar panels to miniaturize or for the existing size panels to become more efficient or both. So, uh, and by the way, because I'm in San Francisco, 
the option of moving is not on the table. So, uh, and I'm, I'm, you know, maybe Elon could, under his direct leadership, rather than him, him having a just a seat on the board, you know, maybe he could help push it forward. Uh, obviously, this is also a huge no-brainer for the Tesla Energy uh, slash Powerwall arm of the company, which is you heard in in Elon's statement that I played for you a minute ago. And I'll say another potential benefit of having SolarCity under Tesla's roof is that if Elon can do as good of a job familiarizing the public, the general public with solar, which I know has already generally been happening, but uh, you kind of get my point. I think you get my drift here. The same way he did for electric cars, that could be huge. That could be a, a big boon for the United Tesla Solar City company. But the reason... Ultimately, the reason why I understand, and I'll say to an extent I share Wall Street's concern on this, is that Elon and Tesla already have a lot on their plate with Model 3 and the Gigafactory, as Maggie the Boxer drinks some water behind me, as she always seems to at some point during every podcast. Uh, but yeah, so you know, Tesla has just ramped up their production goals to levels that Wall Street also thinks is insane. And, you know, I don't entirely blame them there either. I, I've talked about it on the show. I'm a, I'm a huge Elon believer, but I'm still at the point where I'm hoping, as a California person who hopes to order a fairly well-optioned car who camped out overnight, uh, I'm hoping to maybe, to, to hoping to get my car in 20, my Model 3 in 2017, but I'm not expecting it to happen. I, I am simply not expecting it. So anyway, I, my point is that for me, the Model 3 is a much more important and critical part of Tesla's mission right now, right now, than Solar City is. Uh, I'm sure Elon has his reasons for why this, this Solar City deal needs to happen now versus in two or three years from now. But for me, it's vital that the Model 3 mission happen as quickly as possible and go as smoothly as possible. Uh, They've already, because, you know, for many, many reasons, not the least of which, is that they've already taken money from 400,000 anxious customers like me and a lot of you listening. I worry about Elon trying to juggle more than the the already superhuman amount he already juggles between his SpaceX and his Tesla duties. So we'll see if this thing gets approved. I mean, it's it's yet another big, bold idea from a human being who seems to wake up with them on a near daily basis. But I have to say, I am concerned that it could negatively affect the Model 3 mission which obviously I'm most personally invested in from both an emotional and a financial perspective. Uh, and again, it's what I think Tesla is the most, it's what I think the, is the most important thing that Tesla can be doing right now. So uh, this is going to, this is a huge, huge bit of news. I'll be keeping obviously a very, very close eye on this. I would love to hear your reactions to it because I suspect that they're all over the board. Some of you may agree with me. Some of you may think this is an absolutely terrible idea on on all counts. Some of you may think it's an absolute genius idea on all counts. I'd love to hear it. If you give me a call, call me, Skype me, uh, leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. It's a toll-free call or Skype. And that number is 
989-8752. And again, is one 989 tsla So uh, next up, speaking of Model 3, and of course, almost everything ties into Model 3 in some way or another, uh, both for everything Tesla does, certainly for me. There was a very exciting Model 3 sighting on 280 here in the Bay Area this week. It was captured very dutifully by a gentleman named Jeff Clackering, who did almost everything right. He held the camera, he held the phone steady, uh, he got a great look at the Model 3 and the uh, the Model S Escort team it had with it. There was one Model S in front of the 3 and one behind it. They were cruising down the middle lane of of 280, which is a heading... It looked, I don't know if it was north or southbound, uh, but... Uh, it's like a, it's four like four lanes each way, but Jeff, if you're listening, you did everything right. Although I, I hate to pile on like the YouTube commenters, but he did everything right except turn his phone horizontally. He shot a vertical video, which nobody likes. But uh, beggars can't be choosers when it comes to getting a uh, a spy shot, a spy video of Model Three. Now, looking at the video. It appears to be an older prototype, and what makes me say that is it's got the Model S-shaped door handles instead of the J-shaped handles that are on the newer prototype, the one I wrote in, the silver one, which is believed to be the final design. This prototype also, uh, it was matte black, uh, similar to the, you know, whether it was the same one from the Model 3 reveal or, or not, we don't know, but... Uh, the dif- a definite difference was that matte black car at the reveal had those black aero wheels. This had the 20-inch turbine-style wheels, the Model 3's version of the turbines that, I've, that I talked all about on, what, episode 35. But uh, the difference was the wheels were painted black. So the car was just straight black from head to toe, front to back, uh, the black matte paint, the black 20-inch turbine Model 3 turbine wheels, and uh, it, it looked man, it looked real good going down the road. And I will say, having having the S's in front and behind it gives you a pretty good idea, even in a vertical video, that it's a pretty good sized car. Which I mean, I told you that when I rode in it and had got to see it in person, but. It's always good to see more real-world examples of that. You know, I was, of course, at, a, at an event where there's artificial lighting, and it was nighttime anyway. So here we got to look at it in daylight. And you can see that the car is big. It's a, it's a good-sized car. But uh, what, what the video definitely sort of... What I took away from it is that you can really see that it's decidedly narrower in width than the S is. Uh, and piggybacking on this, Gene and the crew at Teslarati.com put up a post with more images that came from uh, Imgur. Is that even how you say that? I-M-G-U-R? Is that a word? I'm going with Imgur, for lack of a better... Until someone corrects me, but uh, some images showed up on Imgur that Teslarati mirrored as well. And this appeared to be in either a Tesla service center or Teslarati s- speculated that it was in some sort of Tesla R&D center. There were a bunch of lifts everywhere. I mean, it looks like a Tesla service center, except there's what appears to be a Nissan Leaf, a decidedly not Tesla car, on one of the lifts in the background, 
which of course, you know, what would that be doing in a regular Tesla service center? So Teslarati speculation may very well be accurate there. And now, and in this, these pictures that showed up uh, this week as well, it's, it's either the same car and it's an, and these pictures are from a while ago, but they're just being posted online now, or it's a different car. If these, uh, these, if, if they're posted recently, probably a different car, because there were a few key differences in, they're both matte black. Let me start there. I'm getting ahead of myself. This, yeah, the, the Imgur shots were, were of a matte black Model 3 prototype with the older style door handles, but the key differences are it had the black arrow wheels on it. It had a fake, you know, fake California license plate that said Model 3 on it instead of uh, the, the one that was on 280 had actual manufacturer plates on it. Uh, also, the Imgur car in the, in the service center had, uh, has heavily tinted glass uh, for, on the roof, uh, you know, near, near black tint on the, on the roof glass, whereas the, the one spotted on 280 did not. Uh, so it's, it's possible they're the same car and it's different times, but if, if those Imgur shots are in fact new, then these are probably two different uh, cars and they might be using matte black for all the prototypes except the silver one, which appears to be the one that's that's sort of the p- real super public facing media car, the one that, uh, pardon me, the one that they took up to the Gigafactory to let Motor Trend do a bunch of stuff with. In fact, I I find I've, I keep forget I kept forgetting to go buy that issue of Motor Trend because yeah I mean I'm I mean even though I've already I already know all the information and I've seen all that stuff I, I wanted to support Motor Trend for putting Tesla on the cover. So I went and final, finally went and picked that up today. It's good, a good feature. I read through it. They had a lot of, they had a lot of nice little box outs and breakouts and details in there, and a lot of nice things to say about the car as well. But anyway, uh, ultimate point here: whether it's the same, whether it's one car or two, it's good to see them out in the wild, and it's great to see that Tesla's being a lot less secretive with the Model Three than than they were certainly with the X. You know, the X. Was really uh, there were there were alpha sightings in the months before the car came out, but you know you did not see that car out in public, uh, you know a year and a half prior to its expected release date. So very cool to see. And Tesla, you know if you're if you're going to go ahead and be out and about with the car, feel free to swing by my house. Just saying, if you need to test it, getting into a average San Francisco garage. I'm just saying I'm, I will I will offer my garage as a test as a test garage. <laughs> All right. Um, with that, I want to go to Diego in Portland on the Ride the Lightning hotline who has a Model 3 topic to bring up. It's a little something to think about on the financial side. So Diego, go ahead. Hey Ryan, it's Diego in Portland again. Um, wanted to share some interesting information I um, uncovered or realized recently. Uh, so in Oregon, um, there's no sales tax. So that's a really awesome thing. Right. And I was planning on, uh, organizing a road trip for when our model three was ready, um, to travel down to San Francisco Bay area, uh, pick up the car at the factory, do the whole tour with the family and potentially save myself on the destination fee. That's a $1,200, uh, fee, 
but I've realized um, that you have to pay that destination fee regardless of where you pick up the car. So even if you go to the factory, pick it up, you still have to pay those $1,200. So in fact, the Model 3 starting price is really $36,200. I found this through uh, a source on Reddit, uh, sent it to me. It's on Tesla's FAQ question, basically. There's There's a question that says, can I save on the destination fee if I pick up at the factory? And the answer is no. So just uh, interesting information. Um, the other thing, of course, being that California, even if you pick up the car at the factory, California still makes you pay California sales tax. So that's actually a bigger reason not to uh, to organize that trip to pick up the car. I would just have to do it at a later date to uh, tour the factory because I'd love to tour the factory. Um so that's the first thing. Second thing, I just wanted to comment on Tesla's uh, Nordstrom in-store uh, strategy. And quite frankly, I think it's brilliant from a branding perspective, not just to target uh, women uh, as their main market, but I think I think Tesla is trying to associate themselves with Nordstrom from a from a brand equity point of view. Um, and Nordstrom is is legendary for their above and beyond customer service. Uh, there's a whole legendary story of a guy that returns some snow tires to Nordstrom, and he got a full refund. Nordstrom doesn't even sell tires, right? Uh, so I think I think this is quite frankly a, a really good move on their part to uh, try to so- associate themselves as a place where you will get above and beyond customer service. Um, so yeah, those are my two two things. Um, keep up the great work. Thanks, Mike. Diego, thank you for the call. And yes, it does suck that you still have to pay uh, the destination fee, even if you do factory pickup. I knew that, uh, but I'm actually glad you mentioned it because I'm guessing I'm guessing a lot of listeners probably don't know that and may have thought, oh, may have had the because it's a very rational thought. If you're a listener in California uh, and thinking, oh, well. I'll, this model, I'm going to go pick up my Model 3 at the factory and it'll be fun and I'll do the tour and I'll get out of the the factory, uh, or rather the, the destination fee. Nope, <laughs> you don't. At least not as of, not as of now. So, uh, and then yes, Diego, you're also correct that you do also currently have to pay California sales tax if you pick it up here, even if you don't live here. Uh, now, I've talked about on recent shows, there is a California state bill on the table that would potentially that that would eliminate that. So we're waiting to hear when it gets voted on and what the results of that will be. So obviously that'll be one that'll be a story I'll continue to cover as it develops. Speaking of Model 3, the pre-order gift that Elon promised us way back uh, is finally being mailed out. The mystery has been revealed and it was my second guess. I, uh, I remember I was, I was thinking my sort of first guess was that it was going to be that Tesla T logo pin that I saw a whole bunch of the, the Tesla employees wearing at the Model 3 event. You know, it's, a, it's a neat little thing, neat, uh, probably not expensive to make, would have been fairly easy to mail out, so that was kind of my guess there. But I believe I had also speculated that it could be the, uh, the Model 3 design sketch from Franz, uh, which they handed out to those that were in attendance at the Model 3 event. So it, it, that is what it is. It's, a, it's, a, it's actually a smaller version of it. Uh, we, the, the one from the Model 3 event was on larger, a, a larger stock. But it is a, it is a print of the, 
of a sort of a collage of, of early Model 3 sketches by Franz, Franz von Holdenhausen. Uh, so it's very cool if you haven't seen it. Maybe you've gotten yours in the mail. I haven't seen mine yet, uh, and I live, you know, pretty close to Tesla. But uh, yeah, I haven't seen mine yet, so keep checking your mailboxes if you haven't seen yours. But, you know, it's they didn't have to do anything, and I think this is a neat thing. I mean, it's, you know, if you... If you put down $1,000 for Model 3 and it is the first Tesla, you know, it's, it's the Tesla that you've been waiting for like me because it's the first one you can afford, getting that sketch, get, getting that little print, that's cool. You can put that up on your wall, maybe, uh, you know, whether it's in your man cave, your garage, wherever it might be. And, you know, you, it's, it's just a fun little reminder of this thing that, you know, you're, you're literally and emotionally, inve- uh, financially and emotionally invested in and you're waiting for. So... Uh, yeah, I, I applaud Tesla for this. It comes with a little card, by the way, that says, thank you for ordering a Model 3, Elon. So I think this is really great that, that Tesla did this. It just helps It just helps invest people a little more. It just adds to the emotional investment of it and makes, it a little, makes the, the weight a little more fun and makes the, makes the whole thing a little more fun. You know, you, you don't see other car companies do this. So uh, bravo Tesla on this one. I love it, and uh, again, check your mailboxes if you have not received yours already. Be on the lookout for it. Let's go to the phones one more time in the news here. We'll do some other calls later in the proper Ride the Lightning Hotline section. Let's talk to Eugene in Miami, who uh, we've heard from, well, we're going to hear from him. He's, uh, he called before. I've got a call of his all queued up for the first monthly Patreon uh, all-call-in show that I talked about, I think, last week or the week before. So Eugene in Miami, he's got a hypothetical for me related to Model 3 and his budget. So I'm going to let him ask it. Eugene, take it away. Hi, Ryan. Hope you're doing well. This is Eugene from Miami again. Listen, I was following a forum on the Tesla Motor Club earlier this week about how much is it really going to cost to have the Model 3. And, man, I'm concerned, you know. I only have like $45,000 that I want to spend on this. And I just saw what people kept on adding up and adding up. It's weekly going up. So my question to you is, if you only have $45,000, what would be those options that you would put in the car? You know, is it more battery size? Uh, I mean, you tell me. Thank you. Obviously, Eugene, that is a very personal decision. You know, how you spend your money and what, in what way you decide to spend it is, is certainly nobody's business but yours. But I will tell you, it's pretty much going to, you know, because you're, what you're saying is if you've got 45K, that's, that leaves you 10K of options. Now, maybe you're going to get your car early enough. You are on the East Coast, but depending, you know, we don't know. If, if Tesla can scale up their plans like they say they're going to, You've got a good shot at the at the uh, federal tax credit of seventy five hundred dollars, so that could change things drastically for you. But let's assume, for the purpose of this conversation, of this hypothetical, that there is no tax credit and there's no credit of any kind. So you've got a thirty five thousand dollar base price car, you've got a forty five thousand dollar budget, so that leaves you ten thousand dollars worth of options. Now. Uh, the bigger battery probably won't cost ten grand like it does on the S, but it'll probably be not far off from that. Probably like between seven and eight, maybe seventy-five hundred, if I had to guess. 
so your choices basically come down to getting getting the bigger battery, which will give you more range, more power, quicker acceleration, but virtually no other, it won't leave you any room for other options like autopilot, nicer wheels, upgraded sound system, etc. Or you could go with the base battery, the 215 mile battery, and just get more creature comfort options. Uh, you know, all that stuff I just said. So uh, what you decide to do will just be what your preference is. You know, there, there are cases to be made either way. The creature comfort things are things that you definitely can't add later, uh, really. Like once you've ordered the car that way, you're kind of stuck with it. But being creature comforts, they're things you'd use every day. You know, nicer seats maybe, uh, an air suspension maybe, those kinds of things. Uh, But whereas a battery, you could hypothetically put a new battery pack in it. But it's extremely cost prohibitive to do so. But uh, the thing I want to remind you of is that certain options, namely autopilot, whether it ends up being a fully self-driving autonomous system or or just the autopilot we know or, or a version in between remains to be seen. But the point is autopilot is almost certainly, actually, in fact, no, it's guaranteed, it's, it's already confirmed. Uh, I'm having to correct myself instantaneously here. The autopilot hardware is going to be on every single car. Uh, actually, you know what? I have to correct myself again. No, the autopilot safety features are going to be on every car. They haven't necessarily said that the, uh, that the autopilot, actually, no, now I'm, good Lord, I'm, it's late. I'm sorry, folks. I'm recording the show at 1230 AM because, uh, it's going to be a busy weekend. Anyway. Yes. So let me circle back one more time. Autopilot hardware on every single car, which means to get to my point here, finally, you could not order autopilot when you buy your car but if you end up coming up with that extra 25 or whatever $100 it's going to be later, you could just unlock it. You just call Tesla up and boom, you go, you go into your garage and suddenly you've got an autopilot capa- equipped uh, car. So, and there may be other options like that for all we know. Um, in fact, you know, like the upgraded charger, uh, the 48 amp charger is... Is what so every car, every S and X has the 72 amp charger in it, but by default it's locked, it's software locked to 48 amps. And you can either you just pay to unlock it when you order it, or you can pay a little more, $1,900, if you want to unlock it later. So um, now the charger is, I would think, a pretty low priority item in the grand scheme of things, uh, because your home charging is you know probably going to be pretty sufficient. But anyway, you know. Just keep that in mind. There may be things like autopilot, potentially other things that could be built into the car and just locked and you could pay to unlock them later once your uh, financial situation uh, loosens up a little bit, once you get a few extra bucks in your pocket. So bear that in mind. We won't really know for sure until the design studio opens what everything's going to cost, but hopefully that gives you a ballpark idea of what to expect couple more quick news stories this week before we move on to the Ride the Lightning hotline. The USS Model S, the fiercest ship that sails the flooded freeways. Yar! <laughs> I don't know if you saw this this week. Elon tweeted out a link to a video from a Model S owner in Russia 
It's the guy's driving a multi-coat red Model S and he fords a flooded tunnel in his, in his Model S and he gets out of there, no problem. The other cars are all stuck. The water is basically up to onto the hood. It's like kind of just up onto the hood, you know, more or less up, up to the, the, the base of the windows of the car. And he just goes through it. He goes through it and it's, it's, it's kind of amazing. Uh, another vertical video I might add. Uh, so Elon not only tweeted the link to the video, but then he follows up the tweet by saying something that only Elon can say, and that is, we definitely don't recommend this, but Model S floats well enough to turn it into a boat for short periods of time. Thrust via wheel rotation. And then he later added when somebody asked, he said, drive units and battery are sealed. So <laughs> that is just crazy. It's already the safest car in the world. It's already the, the most efficient car in the world from an energy consumption perspective. Well, v- virtually. I guess the Leaf is technically more, more energy efficient, but it's one of the most efficient cars in the world. You know, it, it's potentially, if you order the right car, it's one of the quickest cars, the quickest accelerated cars in the world. And now it's a boat. It's a boat on top of all of that. Uh, obviously, nobody should seek this out. And I'll tell you, I'd have to imagine that you would void the heck out of your warranty if you were in that situation or if you tried that. But it's really cool to know that if you were somehow to find yourself in a jam like that in a, in a Model S, you've got a chance to get out safely, to get your car out uh, without it, it completely flooding and without you having to be rescued. So uh, just a wild, crazy, only in Tesla the only in the Tesla-verse could this happen. Oh, man. Uh, finally this week, Model X. For those of you keeping tabs on Model X, I know I, I love keeping tabs on the Model X because I'm completely in love with it, with those Falcon wing doors and, by goodness, that windshield. If Again, if you get a chance, because I'm, st- I'm starting to see more and more Xs around here in the Bay Area, so hopefully they're starting to show up in your area as well. If you get a chance to sit in a Model X you have to at least take the opportunity just just sit in it i tr- i promise you it will be worth it because and sit in the front seat because that that windshield is something to behold so anyway model x got a new firmware update this week that does a better job of opening the falcon wing doors partially when there isn't enough overhead clearance now there's a thread on the model x section of the tesla motors club forums that confirms that the doors act more conservatively now, op- opening, uh, rather, opening part way if they sense any overhead obstacle nearby. And then the touchscreen gives you the option to override it with a button that says, always open fully at this location. So how I love that. How cool is that? It's so awesome. They're basically taking the, the GPS memory feature of the air suspension where the, the S and X remember the, wherever you raise the suspension up. Like it'll do that every time you go to that place. They're doing that with the doors now on the X. I think that's super, super cool. All right. A uh, lot again, a lot of Tesla news this week. Big week. I'm going to come right back. I've got one, two, three more excellent phone calls queued up for you in the Ride the Lightning hotline coming up right after this. 
All right, friends, I could use some new calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline. Of uh, The large stash has been whittled down. A lot of them have been allocated. A lot of the extras have been allocated over to the first uh, Patreon bonus show, the, the all-call-in show that's coming up. Uh, in fact, I guess I need to do that next week. I'll make sure that happens. So uh, keep your calls coming. If you've got questions, comments, discussion topics, again, I figure a lot of you probably have opinions on the Solar City situation. Uh, I'd be curious what you all think of the the pre-order gift, you know, your your Model 3 sketch poster print thing when you get that in the mail. So give me a call anytime. It's a it's a toll-free call or Skype, 1-888-989-8752. Uh, just try to keep your calls to you know two minutes max, ideally closer to one minute. Then it just helps keep the show moving a little bit smoother. Uh, saves me from having to edit them down too, which I really appreciate. And I remind you that uh, if, when you call, if you call that line one one triple eight nine eight nine TSLA, and if you know somebody special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted like I do with them or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. And our first caller this week is Justin from uh, nearby to me, Berkeley, over in Berkeley, California, wondering about battery degradation. Justin, take it away. Hey, Ryan. Justin from Berkeley here. I uh, left a few messages for you. Just thought I'd leave a little bit of information. Kind of anecdotal. Not sure if it's going to help out the listeners, but uh, I have a friend who has a um, 90D uh, Model S, and I have an 85D Model S. And just wondering, uh, a lot of the questions coming up around the 60s that are now available that are look to be software limited and the idea around the... Um, the range, you know, uh, burning over time, and if there's any advantage to having a lower uh, model as far as the uh, range uh, goes. Um, and it's it's interesting because my friend who has the 90 has reported that he has seen some range degradation over time, um, and I actually have seen little to no range degradation. I started off uh, at 90% charging when I bought the car, getting 241 miles, 242 miles at the 90% charge. And to this day, which is about seven or eight months later, still getting exactly 241 or 242, whereas my friend has reported some degradation from his 90D, you know, uh, down. So just wondering if that um, leads to the, you know, what everybody's uh, describing as the possibility of, you know, lower battery being software limited. Um, not seeing as much degradation uh, over time because it's actually using the range that's already there. So anyway, kind of a long-winded way to describe that. Don't know if it's exactly true or not, but just kind of reporting what I've seen. I uh, hope you're doing well with the podcast. Hope everything's going well with the Patreon. Hope you get your uh, best model three you can. And I think it's great that you're doing that. Take care, right? Justin, first of all, thank you very much for the kind words. I sincerely appreciate it. Now, to address your concern it's all about usage and charging habits, which could v- vary wildly between you and your friend. Now, let's be clear. You are way better off. You and your friend are way better off in every way 
than people with 60 kilowatt hour cars, software locked or not. There's absolutely no scenario in which you're not in a more advantageous position. I mean, you have a bigger battery that you paid more for. It, you know, you're getting faster supercharging, you're getting quicker acceleration, you're getting longer range. And what loss of range you do take over time from battery degradation will never bring you anywhere close to the full capacity of a 60. You're always going to be well above that. I mean, your friend could have uh, a bad row of cells, of lithium-ion cells, that the service center will find and replace at his next scheduled appointment. Could be bad reporting by the car. It could be nothing. So I wouldn't even sweat it. Uh, it's the, there are a lot of S's at this point that have significant mileage on them, like well north of a hundred thousand miles. And the degradation just has, has been less than what was originally expected and projected. So, uh, it's all, these are very healthy cars running very healthy battery packs powered by very smart power electronic, uh, management systems. So I wouldn't sweat it at all. Uh, enjoy your, your 85 and, uh, and happy EV motoring, my friend. Next up is Stuart from Kentucky, who has an idea for uh, four of those software-locked 60-kilowatt-hour cars. Stuart, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. This is Stuart from Elizabethtown, Kentucky. I have an idea for you on the potential use with uh, the software-limited 60-kilowatt battery. As many customers that are not common electrical vehicles come into the owner's group, one way to possibly help minimize bad press about drivers running out of power could be to allow the Tesla to create a style of emergency reserve mode. No one wants to see a stranded Tesla on the side of the road, and perhaps this software locking could be used just as a limited, just be used to limit the drivetrain to 60 kilowatts, allowing the owner to still have access to services like cell phone, air conditioning, and other non-propulsion-related electrical systems that way they can help uh, that way they could be used to help determine what they need to do now that they can't move the vehicle and with the cell functionality still um, being enabled perhaps tesla could start providing providing an onstar style customer service who would um, who could authorize the car to make use of the remaining battery reserve with a call Uh, the service could transmit directions to the gps of the car a destination of the nearest supercharger or an improved electrical charging area to help get the driver no longer stranded. And as they've shown that they are unable to uh, uh, handle making sure they get to a destination without running out of battery, this could uh, give them a little extra help. With the past press of tow trucks not wanting to deal with Tesla vehicles, uh, this would allow the car company to take almost a AAA service approach and virtually give access to another 30 plus miles by unlocking the extra power momentarily in the battery. Could be a nice way for Tesla to charge by the emergency while also decreasing the amount of bad press of a potential stranded motorist. I'd be interested in hearing what you think. Uh, I really appreciate the podcast. Keep it up. And uh, thank you much. So Stuart, this is a fantastic idea, but I hate to burst your bubble Tesla has actually already done a version of what you're saying. It's already in the car. There have been, there there apparently is a emergency hidden reserve as there have been many reported cases of Model S owners driving a few extra miles even when the car is reporting that there is 0% battery remaining. So 
Uh, Tesla did seem to factor this in from the get-go. And I realize your, your idea is a bit bigger than that. It's like, hey, you know, the, the Tesla, you, you, know, you could sort of call and use it as a temporary lifeline of sorts for a fee or something, which, which is interesting unto itself and, and not entirely out of the question. But I suspect with the, the sort of secret reserve that the S seems to harbor, uh, that Tesla wants to just try and avoid, even avoid that scenario entirely by, by giving that extra little stash to try and get you somewhere where there's, where there's a plug. Finally this week, Matthew from up in Halifax, Nova Scotia, up in Canada, he mentions uh, he's got a question about Tesla R&D and battery research that may be happening up in his neck of the woods. Matthew, take it away. Hi, Ryan. This is uh, Matthew Locke calling from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Uh, I just wanted to say I'm a big fan of the show and I'm a fellow Model 3 reservation holder. I had a kind of a question or more of a comment, I guess, uh, or a discussion topic. And that's just, I wanted to raise awareness about our neck of the woods. We're a bit of a, a no man's land when it comes to Tesla in general, but with a few rays of hope. We uh, we don't have a, a supercharger or a service center in the province, but um, the research and development from Tesla is actually coming to town. Um, I'm not sure if you heard, you may have seen it in the news at some point. Uh, Jeff Don at Dalhousie University is doing research for Tesla on a sort of a five-year uh, research program, I believe it is. And I heard that uh, and maybe this you could confirm for me is that they are opening a Tesla research center in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, which is across the harbor from us. Um, so you're, you, you're very good at researching things. So I thought maybe you could look into that and share what you might find. Um, I'm also very proud of that fact because I had Jeff Don as my first year physics teacher when I was in my engineering degree. So just thought, like I said, I wanted to raise awareness for our area and hoping we're going to get a service center or a supercharger at least at some point before the Model 3 arrives anyway. Well, thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Bye. Well, Matthew, you've got the Dr. Jeff Hahn part correct. Tesla signed a five-year research partnership agreement with Dr. Hahn, and uh, I I feel like I'm going to destroy the pronunciation of this of this name, the university. Is it? I mean, because it's D A L H O U S I E. So the the straight phonetic pronunciation of that would be a, like Dalhousie University. I could see it being Dalhousie University. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it, but uh, yes, Tesla did sign a five year research partnership agreement with Dr. Hahn and that university. So I suspect that whatever technologies that Dr. Hahn and his team may develop there up in Nova Scotia will also get tested there because uh, what better place to do cold weather battery testing than, than Nova Scotia, Canada? You know what I'm talking about. Uh, and remember, this is, a, this is a good friendly reminder for you and, and any other you know deep winter uh, listeners up out there, try to budget for the bigger battery on your Model 3 because it will really, really benefit you during your winter when the range takes a significant hit uh, when things get very cold. If you don't believe me, please seek out the model, uh, rather the Tesla Motors Club forums 
and the there are a million threads about about winter driving with the battery and with with the S. I mean, it, it is a it is something that you would it, you might be mad at what you find if if you if you aren't familiar with this and you look it up and you and you realize oh my goodness the smaller battery that I'd hoped that would be fine for me is totally maybe you know not going to work for you in in the winter because of your your commuting needs or what have you but better to be upset about it now and get educated than to actually buy the car and then find out the real hard way that the uh, the range is going to take a serious hit in the winter time. So uh, just a just a PSA on that one. All right, folks, that does it for this week's Ride the Lightning Hotline. More excellent calls. You guys continue to deliver each and every week. But again, I will say I'm pretty much out of uh, my extra stash of really good calls. So please keep them coming. Again, if you've got a good question, a comment, discussion topic, uh, reply to another caller or to something that, that's gone on, uh, one of the stories I've done this week, please call in with it. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. The toll-free number to call or Skype is 1-888-989-8752. Be right back after this to wrap things up. All right, before I go, I would like to thank everybody who's contributed to my Patreon so far. I sincerely appreciate your support for uh, what I'm trying to do with this podcast. Every little bit helps. It's just uh, it really, really, really uh, helps. I, I thank you so much. And if you haven't taken a look at the Patreon page, I would, I would be very grateful if you would at least take a look and consider pledging. The site, the, the URL is patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. Uh, there are some different tiers and tier awards and things up there. Would, would greatly appreciate you taking a look at it if you haven't already. Uh, and also, the Tesla referral program continues for another uh, two to three weeks or so. It runs through the 15th of July. And great news there, we've got using Joe Willett's code. Joe's got all five... Pardon me, all five referrals, which means that's five entries for me in that Model X drawing to hopefully make my Tesla dream come true. And, uh, and Joe's got some awesome prizes as well. So both Joe and I express our sincere thanks to everybody out there. And a reminder, you know, with those couple weeks to go, if you are buying a Model S or Model X in the next couple weeks, uh, my old friend, Peter Kersgaard has stepped up and once again offered the use of his referral code. So if you're buying an SRX real soon and you'd like to get $1,000 off of it, please use this code. Just type this into your browser. It's ts.la slash Peter 6387. That's P-E-T-E-R 6387. You'll come to a landing screen that tells that asks you, do you are you going to configure an S or an X? Pick which one you want, configure your car, order it, and you're going to get $1,000 off of that Tesla purchase. I remind you that you can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. You can email me. The show email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. You can find me Monday through Friday at my day job at IGN.com, covering everything in the world of video games. And uh, be sure to subscribe to my friend Dave T's weekly Tesla newsletter, which is fantastic and free. 
The website there is teslaweekly.com. As always, thanks to Gene and the crew at teslarati.com. Their support of the podcast is sincerely appreciated. And uh, again, I'm not sure how how, uh, most of you like to listen to the show, but a friendly reminder that you can listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, or just go to the website, which is teslapodcast.libsyn, which is L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. One last thing, too, before the Patreon producer thanks. I was looking at the iTunes reviews of uh, this podcast, which I, you know, I'm human. I can't help but, but look at them from time to time. And I want to... I've had many of you have left incredibly nice reviews, but uh, Kolia Z, I'm not sure who you are, but I presume you're out there. Just left the one of the nicest reviews. This this seriously made my day. It just made me feel so good. And with all the negativity that can be on the internet, I just really this warmed my heart, and I appreciated it. I read this not as a sort of chest thumping, you know, narcissistic thing, but just as a I just want to I just want to express my gratitude for this. Listen, listen to this. He write he or she writes Ride the Lightning provides an insightful lo- look into the life of one man and his love of his wife, his dog, and his one-day car. Ryan delivers this weekly podcast simultaneously like a personal conversation and like a professional news program. Thank you, Ryan, for keeping yourself in the show. Very informative, compelling show to listen to. I've been listening since the first episode, and I still eagerly wait each week for the next episode. So that just that made my day. Thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate that. And those, uh, those iTunes reviews do help, too. Apparently, they factor into the the iTunes algorithm somehow. So uh, I don't, I don't like to beg for them, but I, you know, if you, if you got a couple seconds, feel free to throw one out there. But in any case, I uh, just wanted to share that because it's, it's just nice. It's nice human beings doing nice things. And, and there's just not enough of that in this world, at least not that's recognized and celebrated. So here we go. I want to thank the Patreon producers before I hit the road. They are Jeff Bartram, Wolfgang Obergen, David Brander, Andrew Evans, Greg Miller, Anthony Coleman, Mac Harris, Ralph Weiss, Mick Nelson, Robert Baptista, Chris Bayall, Magnus Mostrom, Mike Ryleford, Jason Trimble, Andrew Valderas, Greg Canessa, Nick Hoffman, Adrian Alston, Chance Carter, John Wendell, Chris Oakley, Lawton from Chicago, Jason Dignard, Will Caldwell, and John Lee Claire. Thank you all so much for backing at the $10 or higher level on the Patreon. It is uh, really, again, it's, uh, it, it's right, right from my heart. I, I just can't thank you enough for your support of the podcast. Thanks to everybody for listening. This has been Ride the Lightning, episode number 47. Again, my name is Ryan McCaffrey. See you all next week, and happy electric motoring.